Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Coffee and Books. I'm your host, Scott. Oh yeah, we're doing it. We're doing another episode. Things have been going great. Let me tell you all about it. I just uploaded a sprinkler uh, video to YouTube and TikTok, and that has hit 3,000 views for some reason. So thank you for watching if you're one of those people. And if not, that's cool too. We have other stuff we've been doing. Like reading this book, Lords of the Horizons, A History of the Ottoman Empire. This book was published in 1998, so it's a little bit older, but that is okay, because not much has changed in the last, uh, I don't know, uh, 20-something years about the Ottoman Empire. So, let's get into it, and uh, about 25 years, yes. Okay, let's get into it. How long is this book? This book's about 330 pages long, uh, so it is pretty decent, and it is going to cover the history of the most famous uh, empire that makes furniture, the Ottoman Empire. All right, so we got to talk about the Ottomans, who they are, where they're from, what area. It is modern-day Turkey. You might be familiar with Turkey, you might not. Turkey has its own history that is unique in itself, but the Ottoman Empire was kind of like the Roman Empire and massive and expanding, and in fact, their biggest rival was the Eastern Roman Empire. So first, we got to set the scene. You got the Roman Empire, which is... A huge, monstrous thing that we've talked about numerous times. It got so big, it split into two empires, the East and the West. The West was overthrown uh, relatively early in its history uh, compared to the Eastern Empire. The Eastern Empire, which is what we're talking about here, managed to last until 1453 AD. So for a very, very long time, multiple centuries, there were people who considered themselves Roman first in what is now modern-day Turkey. The capital of their empire was Constantinople. Uh, You might know it better today as Istanbul. Uh, It is a fascinating place with lots of artifacts. Uh, Their biggest rival, however, came from nearby. Uh, You might know them better as originally as the Scythians, but they eventually became the Turks. The Turks lived in the same area on the steep and the plains where basically Asia meets Europe. The Turks were, like, their biggest rivals. Uh, There was a huge, huge battle between the East and West, and this was the, uh, you know, you could say the the broiling point, if so to speak. And the uh, Turks won uh, and became the Ottoman Empire and kind of expanded out and took over. Uh, And and so this book kind of gives a general history of that empire, not just this battle, but it was one of many battles that happened, so I'm not going to be able to do it even justice or be able to say names because it's really Turkish. So I'm just going to apologize right now and say, my bad. <laughs> but let's get into the juicy bits and details. So Ottoman Empire is huge. It, it made it basically all the way to modern-day Spain and Portugal, and it is uh, fascinating because it's a huge part of the world. Uh, it made it into Egypt. It made it a very long time. It was a long-lasting empire in itself and shaped the modern-day Middle East as we all know it. Uh, the empire lasted until the early 1900s. It was actually World War One that was the decline and the final nail in the coffin that was that empire, but they had been failing for a very, very long time, and we're going to get into that too, of course, a little bit later. So let's talk about why this empire was successful? Well, number one, they definitely expanded pretty rapidly into other areas and groups of people. Uh, you know, the, the Roman Empire is a very big place, and it's pretty easy to expand into it when, you know, the empire was at its height because, you know, unfortunately, as much as I want to say, you know, that other Christian nations at the time in the medieval era would have united and, you know, per, you know at least protected it, 
even though they were technically Christians, the Greek Orthodox Christians, which is in that part of the world, broke off from the Catholic Church. So there was a huge debate about whether, uh, basically, in the Christian community at the time, whether you know they should follow the way we imagine Catholicism and Catholics, and then there was the Orthodox opinion, which is basically the Greek opinion about how it works. I am not very religious. I'm not going to be able to tell you the major differences. I'm just going to say that they were different. And because they were different, the westernmost medieval states, you know, places like France, England, Germany, uh, you know, Spain, other places, they did not actually want to invest time in a crusade to defend the Christians that were living there. Uh, and this is partly because they were considered them different than them, and also because that was also the Roman Empire, and they should be able to handle their own, uh, which they did for many, many years. However, years and years and years of Eastern Empire, you know, same kind of deal. Basically, your emperors or people in charge, you know, eventually bankrupted the system. You know, you hired a lot of mercenaries, you had to pay them a lot of gold to defend yourselves. And even though you had soldiers, and even though you had this huge, massive empire, you couldn't defend all the land. You basically spent all the money you had. Eventually, it lines up with the uh, Turks coming in, a new invader, and then they basically lost their capital city, their kingdom, and pretty much everything that went with it. Uh, so Greece, well, is now Greece, was also part of this empire. Um, it didn't get its independence until the 1800s. Uh, you had this empire reach into Eastern Europe. In fact, it was actually in the gates of Europe. It was pretty much European. Like, let's not be honest here. There were uh, or let's let's be completely honest and upfront here. The Ottoman Empire was this close to probably you know pouncing on Western Europe as well. It was it was a pretty close call there. If you want to keep them separate, so what what I mean by all this isn't that the world wouldn't have been the same if the Ottomans had succeeded in invading Western uh, Europe. But basically, what you need to know is that as far as Ukraine, Russia, as far as other Baltic states, they were all under the control of the Ottoman Empire. And as that empire grew and grew and grew, the Ottomans had the same problems that the Romans had. And that's where we're going to start. But they had a unique system to uh, fight against the tyranny that was the emperor. So number one, let's talk about the system. More importantly, let's talk about the cage. The cage was basically the area where all royal citizenry were sort of kept. Um, at first, it used to be in a very, very cruel world in the early Ottoman Empire history, where they would basically say, okay, any living relative that is a male, instantly killed, you know, like, just in case, you know, like, we don't want anyone replacing me. So eventually that got softened over time, of course, because that's incredibly, you know, disrespectful, number one, to your family, but number two, just the fact that, you know, they had to say and stand aside for a second and say, hey, we need to not kill people. Like, what if our emperor is actually mentally ill or there's something else going on there? So there was a brilliant system that they thought of that actually kept their, you know, emperor sort of in charge, but also at the mercy of this thing called the cage. And the cage is basically like this. The cage was like a harem or most, as most people know, as a harem is basically a group of or a place of, an area where basically there were women that were there to entertain the men for all of time. It was basically a place, like a cage, where they couldn't leave, but they were entertained, they had food, they had drink, whatever, that was supposed to take care of them. And then if by chance the real emperor, the guy who was in charge of all this, happens to die, or there was somebody who fought in a battle and died, or he died of old age, or poison, or murder, or assassination, whatever be the case, even if his own generals killed him, they could come into this cage, say, okay, you're next in line, you come up. 
And that's basically what happened. And early, early, early in the Ottoman Empire history, that worked out pretty well for them because obviously all of a sudden there's a bunch of royal male relatives. It's kind of like a mulligan, you know, like if our leader isn't doing a good enough job, we can throw him back in the cage and a new person can come in charge or we could kill the, you know, emperor. So that's basically what happened. People would come in and replace the emperor, a new guy, a new blood, whatever, would come in and be basically be emperor. But as the years and years went on, this happened a lot more frequently. You know, the, the idea of basically starting over was so appealing to so many people, nobody really had a firm grasp on the power by the time the 1800s sort of rolled around. You know, at this point, the Ottomans had made many, many trade deals with other parts of the world, but had started to come across a very big pushback when it came to a new important historical figure, Napoleon. Napoleon was really the downfall of the Ottoman Empire. He invaded a, lot, a large portion of their empire, for instance, Egypt is most notorious that apparently Napoleon shot a cannon through the, you know, different, you know, pyramids out there. That's supposedly something that happened or he shot it at a sphinx. Nobody really knows if that happened or not, but it was a big deal. So Napoleon's coalition basically armed the Germans and, you know, Austrians and Prussians to fight against the uh, you know, Middle Eastern army, you know, the Ottomans. And he succeeded. It was very famous. Uh, it was part of the reason why he decided eventually later to invade Russia. It did not go well. The Ottomans, you know, were basically also fighting Russia. You know, they have very big borders, so they also had to deal with other contenders like in Asia, like China. The Ottomans are basically spread too thin. You know, the same problem happens anytime there's any kind of problem in Roman warfare as well as Ottoman warfare, which is basically... Your borders are so big, and you only have one guy who can possibly be in control. He can't make all the decisions. And the decisions went down to basically their generals. Not every general was a good choice. Some of those generals failed. It results in this big controversy. So, basically, when Napoleon invaded, it was really the nail on the head. Um, the Ottomans were failing. They couldn't protect their own territory anymore. And basically, over time, places like Greece and other countries in the world basically you know, rebelled. Albanians, uh, you name it, they all started to form their own little countries and empires in the 1800s. 1800s was really basically the time in uh, world history when a bunch of countries came up out of the ashes, out of big, large empires. And eventually, you know, like I said, places like, you know, Jerusalem and, you know, modern-day Israel were also under the control of the Ottoman Empire. It was taken over by the British. You know, you have France expanding into these countries. You have Germany. The Allies basically carved up the Ottoman Empire. The nail on the head, though, was eventually they had a revolution disposed of their, um, you know, disposed of their enemies, uh, you know, which was basically the royals, and it resulted in the following. You know, after World War One, as we or maybe you already know this, but basically the Ottomans were on the side of the Germans. World War One, not the side to be on. They lost. They lost everything. Their empire was divided. It resulted in this revolution. Turkey became a republic. It is what it is today. But that's basically the history of the Ottoman Empire. All that's left of it, or the legacy that's left of it, is Turkey. You know, where that empire basically started and where, you know, its legacy sort of remains to this day. Their biggest downfall and the most controversial part of this whole thing is the Armenian Holocaust, which many of you probably are already familiar with. But if you didn't know, Armenian genocide is one of the most terrible crimes in all of human history. It was the first modern-day scale 
of you know a genocide on anything of that level that had ever been seen. There were previous genocides. We all know about this. We've all learned about it in school. But unfortunately, there were different intergroups in the Ottoman Empire. Not all of them got along. And towards the end of the empire, it resulted in this um, unfortunate massacre, uh, or multiple massacres, I should say, resulting in the Armenian genocide. Turkey still claims to not be responsible for its actions. Um, in fact, it's very, very controversial, uh, <laughs> even to this day, to even mention it in Turkey. I would not recommend that, especially if you're going to go travel there. But what you need to know, in a nutshell, is that Turkey still denies that it did anything wrong, that it did anything at all, there was no massacre, whatever you want to call it, and the rest of the world kind of knows there was evidence that that actually did happen. So, that is what it is. Ottoman Empire basically resulted in all of that happening. There was, like I said, multiple, multiple battles over world history. The empire lasted about over, like, I think 600 years, something crazy like that. Um, I don't have the exact digits in my head. And the Ottomans eventually, you know, like I said, became modern-day Turkey, and we can go talk about Turkey later. But all you need to know is that Turkey seems like an interesting country to go visit. And I'm sure if you do visit it, you can see a lot of the same sites. I have a very big fascination of going to Istanbul myself. Um, now, having said all that, what did I actually think of this book? That's the important part. That's the juicy part of this podcast. I hated this book. I didn't necessarily hate it to the point where I wouldn't finish it, but I did not like it. I'm going to give this a two out of five, and here's why. I just did not agree with the writing. This is not something I like when I read history books. I felt it was very dry over a very large topic and over multiple, multiple topics. This did not feel like a, you know, a very well-written book. It felt like a Cliff Notes version of many, many, many different events happening. And I just personally just did not like the writing style of the author. I would not read them again. I would not recommend this book. I would skip it, and I would go watch documentaries and other stuff about the history of the Ottoman Empire if you want to know more. Just because I'm not the best one to really tell you about all this, that's why I'm struggling with this podcast because I felt like this was something that was more difficult than normal. Anyway, that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you for listening, and if you're new here, please get the word out to other fellow subscribers. Uh, thank you for sharing this podcast. You can uh, reach me on Spotify. Please leave feedback on Apple or Spotify or anywhere you get this podcast. I'd love to know more about you guys, where you're from, what you're listening to. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. And also, happy fall season. Go get you a pumpkin spice latte or, you know, pumpkin spice beer. Uh, go enjoy the holidays. Go watch some football. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you.